Happier Work, Happier Life, episode 14. Thomas here from Happier with Bernard Ng, talent acquisition manager at Lane Crawford. Today we discussed what it's like working in Lane Crawford, the company culture, tips for applicants, and advice for those of you who are interested in HR roles. So if you're interested, tune in for this podcast. Thank you so much, Bernard. Thanks, thanks for coming in again. So can you give a quick intro about yourself? Right. Uh, so thanks for uh, having this podcast with me. My name is Bernard. Somebody called Bernard or Bernard. Uh, really depending on the Canadian or British. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was from Hong Kong, but I, I moved to Canada when I was about Form 2, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then all along, I was in Canada for my high school. And then I came back to Hong Kong for my degree. And then afterwards, I went to London to study my master. So I've been back to Hong Kong since 2004. So which technically makes me been back for about 16 years now. So my career basically started out as a tax accountant. And I was um, very focused on individual tax, personal tax, uh, corporate tax. And because my clients back in the days, they were all MNCs HR. So I was more like a mobility side of, of the uh, sort of in-house. So we get into these uh, HR contacts. And then I was sort of doing a lot of like mobility programs for some international uh, expects. So they came in from the States, from Europe. And then they were uh, Hong Kong before was more like a hub. Uh, it's better for business, for tax, everything. And then they would be assigning to China to work. It's like a expatriate program. And then after a few years, they have to find a successor. And afterwards, I have to repatriate them back to their home country. So we're doing a lot of these like uh, visas, mobility, tax, contractings, and dealing with uh, people's coming in and out. Mm. So I found an interest in basically dealing with people in HR. And then after a few years off as a vendor, I was being hired by one of my clients to move into in-house. So I started my career as, as more or less, as, as I said, a specialist operational side and because uh, eventually when you work in in-house when and hiring the people from overseas as i said expects i have to work very close with recruitment team yep. so so during that time we built up the interest and i was thinking okay recruitment is kind of very interesting because more or less my personality were outgoing i enjoyed talking with different people so i try to move to from a mobility site and transfer to recruitment. And then I got into a uh, very good mentor. So she's also is currently with me in Lake Profit. Okay. And then she taught me basically everything about recruitment. And then um, eventually I moved to vendors and I started myself as a researcher. And then back in the days, we don't have LinkedIn, obviously. We don't have a lot of social medias. We don't have a lot of technology support. You have to do a lot of cold calls. You have to do a lot of like mapping just to train up your conversational skills. You will be bold to talk to pretty much any levels of candidates or people in the market because you have to draw in a lot of market information and that's pretty much your job every day, right? So that's how I brought up myself as a researcher. And then mm-hmm. eventually you got into more chance to touch with clients, obviously. And then you get in your own contacts getting your own uh, businesses, getting your own sort of like specialized uh, functions and division lines. And then because the market 
I would say that that would pretty much take up at least 10 years of my career already. And I realized that there, there was a switch and change about recruitment. So back in the days, I would say at least 10 years ago, we got a lot of retaining jobs and then eventually got fade out and it's coming to like contingencies. So now everything is contingent, normal retainer work at all. But then it changed to a little bit like MSP master, like services provider, something like that. So it's more insourcing to and different kind of functions, right? Um, but then at the end of the day, since the technology been boosted up in social media, as I said before, it's more cold call and now it's more warm calls. So mm-hmm. you can go through the social media again, touch different people around the world. And then you can have, and that's why, you know, when I moved to in-house, uh, I saw seeing there. I wouldn't say it's like a static industry as a recruiter, basically. But then, because the technology is driving more and more towards the edge, that everybody is getting their job easier to do at home, or even with a few recruitment specialists, you can do a lot of big jobs too. So I would say moving to in-house is sort of like a trend, and the companies has, I would say, at least like five or six years ago they started to build up these in-house recruitment team. So instead of they paid agencies or they would say job by job or they would try contracting some recruiters in-house just for a certain period of time because they have that recruitment needs to cover. Mm-hmm. They would suddenly build that team for permanent side. And then obviously when, when the people like myself come into in-house, we're trying to build the recruitment team as so you have researchers, you get to do end-to-end everything. So any other day, that's how I sort of go through my recruitment process and career path and at the end of the day land at in-house. And obviously now with Link Profit, right? So I, you know, before I used to work with different industries, I work in telecom. I've worked for a research and development uh, institutes. Um, I've also worked for, as I said, uh, Big Falls um, Financial Institutes. I worked in uh, banks before also work with some manufacturings mm-hmm. so different industries different clients sort of give me a lot of different perspective uh, you know along the yeah. way so you started in big four in tax and then yeah. you moved into hr recruitment yeah was that tough uh i would say is not easy very to be very frank with you because if you work in audit you might be getting in touch with a lot of like accountants or finance yeah. side of people. But fortunately, I think I stepped myself into big four as a individual tax accountant. Mm-hmm. So my clients, they were actually people and, and expects, let's say, or HR, right? So I got to know more about these areas, but I have never thought about myself as a HR before. So because yeah. my family was in advertising, mm-hmm. I've been helping my father to do creative work, design work um, all along since I was in uni. Mm-hmm. So I always thought myself trained up to work in advertising or marketing yeah. <laughs> or something, you know, less formal as an HR, HR person, right? And, and you might also be surprised seeing an HR like me. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I, I guess I'm quite different from the traditional yeah. HR person or personnel, right? Yeah. So 
I, I don't know if that is a good change or not, but it's really depending if you can get into the company with a good culture that mm -hmm. fits in your personal values as well. Yeah. So for those of you that are listening, Bernard in front of me here is covered in tattoos, two tattoo sleeves. <laughs> um, has that affected, you know, finding a job, especially in Asia? Right. So I would say definitely yes, especially in, in Hong Kong and Chinese culture. I was from Canada and, and, and London. So Canada is a bit laid back, but I guess they're more free as if these kind of cultures, like tattoos mm -hmm. and all those kind of things. They have exhibitions all every year, right? So it's quite common for them. Uh, in, in, in London, obviously, people are way much more crazier <laughs> than, yeah. than I am. So they're all, they have like rings all over their faces. And, you know, I, it's, quite, it's quite normal for me to to be brought up in this culture mm -hmm. like because I, I i don't know i'm i'm more like creative and design driven too yeah so i enjoy design i think it's like more artsy kind of like um area to to appreciate i would say um but when you came back to hong kong and when you started to look for a job and you realize that hong kong people are very concerted and they have a lot of bias on on tattoos and especially with the culture of they might think that you know back in the days they might think you're triads or like bad people that's why yeah. you have tattoos they never realize that it's an art form they never noticed that it's very common like all over the world so it took me quite i would say at least a decade mm -hmm. to get myself comfortable with work environment mm -hmm. or even just living around in Hong Kong. People will look at you differently, that's for sure. But I, I would say in the coming, um, coming through five or 10 years, that's no problem at all. Cause it's more acceptable. And to be very honest with you, Lane Crawford is the only company I'm okay to show off my tattoos. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's part of the company culture being open yes. and yes. accepting. And, and I think it's very important because work it's like monday to friday you've been at work for a very long time and if you cannot get yourself comfortable as yeah. if who you are it's really hard for you to perform mm -hmm. and at the end of the day i mean it's the management or the company culture if they're willing to accept people with different values mm -hmm. so i, I guess lane crawford would be a good place for these kind of like mixed culture because first of all our management team they're from all over the world so mm -hmm. it's from multicultural whatever you name or nationality we have those people within our group and we work very um, diversified so we don't work on just one way we work on different ways to make things happen because that's how we serve sort of like our consumers right so we obviously we're from Hong Kong headquarters we have been in Hong Kong for about 170 years now. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was since uh, way back in the days that Hong Kong was a fisherman port. And then uh, Mr. Lane, Mr. Crawford, <laughs> they, they're from Scotland. right? So, mm -hmm. so they came in to Hong Kong. Hong Kong, they don't have, we didn't have a lot of like luxury goods for the foreigners back in the days, right? Mm -hmm. So they were sort of having this idea to import all the foreigner goods, luxury goods to Hong Kong and to serve these specific um, high-end consumers. And that's how we started off. But obviously there were different 
wars and different changes mm. around the years. And I would say at the end, I really forgot the years, but it's been with us for at least more than 10 years. So we sold to um, to a Chinese salt owners. And then that's why now it's owned by sort of like a Chinese background, but then we have a lot of like mix and international matching culture. So um, I think it's very important for a company to have these kind of like mix in order to accept different yep. kind of people. And especially we hire a lot of people from UK, from Korea, from Japan, from the States, and they have different values as well. So going more into the company culture of Lane mm. Crawford, I know it's diversified, it's open. Mm. Can you share more? I heard you have, for instance, a wellness program. Yes. So um, our back office, actually, the group, uh, we're in one island south, so it's in Wong Chok Hang. Um, this building is actually our building as well. So uh, signed from the 22nd floor all the way to the 30th floor. Now we're at the 30th floor. So it's like a cockpit of a rocket. Uh, the management, they're all here. And we have a lot of like uh, sort of activities for our staff, but we don't have a gym. A lot of like company, they have their own gym. Mm -hmm. We sort of see gym as kind of like, kind of boring. <laughs> I don't know. How to say. Yeah. Right, so we, we do a lot of like classes. So we have yoga class oh. every day. We have like, like aerial yoga. You can book for a TRX class and lunchtime. There are rooftop yoga um, pretty much like twice a week. Now I would say we sort of stopped everything now, but then back in the days we have like rooftop yoga, we have like um, gong meditation. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so wow. it was like singing bow thing. So after a very busy day, you can literally get relaxed at work and it's free. So you, all you need to do is just uh, go online and book mm -hmm. and then you can slot yourself in and you can, this is obviously a group class activity, but you can also book these uh, private fitness instructors for, a, let's say, a 45-minute sessions. And then, you know, just tell them, I want to do CrossFit. I'm more into rolling. I'm more into, like, cardio or even TRX or whatever. So they will sort of, like, tailor-made this program for you. And then even if you get too tired, you can book for a monsieur. And then massages yes, at we work. Have actual massage bed uh, in the wow. office. If you don't want people to touch you, <laughs> you can also uh, you know book in with these massage chairs. So we also got sleeping pots. <laughs> if you've been working too much, <laughs> yeah, I hope not. But then if you get a little bit tired during the day, you can obviously go to a sleeping pot, take some rest. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have lots and lots of like activities and events just to make sure that you've got a balance of work and life. So what does it take to get a job at Lane Crawford for those ah, listening? Okay. Right, so we, obviously you can go online and check out a lot of like vacancies, right? But then we value a lot of on our, it's called PLC. So uh, it's called passion learning and collaboration mm -hmm. or communication, you can say. So what we value is obviously you have to get yourself the passion of this industry. You got to like or even love luxury industry yep. or um, retailing or e-commerce, right? And we provide a lot of learnings, obviously. But then at the same time, I would say because there are lots of different brands coming in. So our group actually carries more than a thousand brands. 
and it's keep on coming in and out and renewing. So there are lots and lots of like product informations, market informations, or brands or upcoming trends that you have to pick up. Mm-hmm. Even you are very expert in the industry already, but I would, I would very much assume that because the fashion industry is ever changing, right, and based on market situation, to change very swiftly too. So there are lots of learning all the time, and we provide like online platform, offline platforms, uh, workshops, classes, individual trainings, even LinkedIn learnings too. So you can go online and took these courses, short videos, and you can show off in your profile. Oh. So we have we use Yama and obviously we use SAP. So they're all having these like internal community, it's like like internal Facebook, internal mm-hmm. Twitter thing. So we don't use intranet. So we use the internal social media community to communicate with each other. So and especially we have a group of people. So roughly in Hong Kong we got about eight hundred to a thousand people. In China we we. Also got four mega stores, two in Beijing, one in Shanghai, one in Chengdu. We have about a thousand something people there. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, it's really hard for everybody to communicate at once. And these platforms really help out each mm-hmm. other to see what China's been doing. Let's say what Hong Kong has been having the difficulties, or some internal programs that we do for, let's say, charity. Uh, we got all we got to know all these news from there. So, what advice and tips do you have for people applying for positions at Lane Crawford? Aside from demonstrating mm. your passion and mm. your your eagerness to learn, yep, yep. what how can they improve and stick out in their application? Right. So, I w- I would say communication is very important. So, which comes to the last part of the PLC and collaboration slash because as I said, within the group there are already lots of sub entities. Within the sub entities, there are lots of different divisions and different departments and functions, right? So we need to take the initiations to go out literally to talk to people. So we cannot just stay on our desk, crunching emails, you know, making phone calls. We work, it's more like nowadays, these areas, we have a lot of breakout areas. People will just move around with the computers and chit chat. So, and it's more free space. We have open space too. So we encourage these communications to happen, to collaborate, for people to to make projects happen. So if you want to stand out and come to work with us, I would very much suggest that you demonstrate these kind of characters. Um, obviously, communication skills is one thing, right? But the content and how you collaborate with different people and different teams will also be one of the biggest things that we treasure. How does one demonstrate in their CV or interview these mm. skills like communication, collaboration. Mm. How how mm. do you see that in an applicant? Right, okay. So I normally, um, obviously, if, if they state out some of the uh, proper information in CV, we can get to know, right? But then if we can, we do phone calls, we do video calls, we do face-to-face interviews most of the time back in the days, but now we do videos because we cannot have a lot of visitors coming. Mm-hmm. Um, we will ask them on these areas very focused it's like if they have the interest if they understand our industry if they even have the character to show that they can collaborate better some of the people will enjoy more working by themselves Mm -hmm. some it guys maybe some more tech guys because that's how they are in a way right in general 
So we won't see everybody as if the same with these characteristics, but we try to try to see if they have these potentials too. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to be make them easier to work within the firm or for them to success. Otherwise, going to have a very difficult time to nurture, to grow them. Yep. And if they will fit in perfectly, yes. But if they can, a lot of the cases for them is to exit, right? So we don't want that to happen. We really want to pick the right talent for long-term growing and development. So speaking of applications, is Lane Crawford hiring right now? Uh, Yes, we do. (laughs) We're quite having a lot of hiring in China Mm because that's where the expansions and the focus are at the moment. Um, In Hong Kong side, uh, because we're Hong Kong headquarters, so we do have a lot of like management positions going on right Mm -hmm. now. But then it's more or less sometimes it's pipeline or because of the market situation, we're slowing down on the recruitment bits. Mm-hmm. So yes and no, I would say we're having a lot of uh, activities going on in China, but in Hong Kong at the time being, we're gradually picking up. Mm-hmm. So we're doing quite a lot of like interns at the moment because okay. summertime. Uh, we're doing a graduate trainee program. So as I said, it's going to be last until... Um, June to July, and then we're going to make an offer in end of July, and the students will come in in September. Okay. So these are the programs that we're doing internship as well, right? So this pipeline for future talents, mm-hmm. and at the same time provide a working experiences for students, which a lot of them they might be coming in not just for the summertime; they might be coming in for three months, six months, or a year. So these are accredited programs that we work together with the uni okay so uni will also give them credits for uh academic side and then we provide a platform for them Mm. at the same time i think we're hiring a lot of contractors too so i guess it's quite normal for for retailing or a lot of companies now because of the difficult market situation is trying to be more flexible and that's why contractors or these kind of arrangements would be slightly easier for companies to manage. Mm-hmm. So, but then that being said that we are always trying to see if we can get the opportunity for making the contractors back into a permanent role since we have these openings back in the yep. days, right? So once the market been catching up and uh, we'll also be uh, resuming a lot of recruitment activities. So a lot of the audience or a good portion of them are Mm. young students, fresh grads. Can you share more on what these training programs and Mm. internships entail? What is it like Mm. interning at Lane Crawford? Right. So um, let's let's talk about internship first, I would say. Okay. So for intern, we are now, it's it's not, there's no closing. So it's all round. Always hiring. Yeah, always hiring. So you can just go online and apply and put a profile in the database. So we normally, we do summertime, wintertime, uh, Easter time interns. And as I said, some accredited programs at uni. So there are different slots they open for students to come in. A lot of the situation, I would say, is we have to get in an actual project for the interns. So we don't want to hire the interns to come in and they do very, like, ground works or mm. photocopying or things that you know permanent staff they don't really want to yeah. do so we really try to give them an actual project That's some cool. hands-on thing to work on and they they will have take out 
So at the end of the interns, they will usually do presentations with us. Okay. And so let's see their drawbacks, if they have learned anything from the department. And this is also like a feedback for us with the hiring manager and hiring teams because we don't want to give like a bad reputation for the students to go back to the uni and talk about it. And, exactly. And, you know, and we just want them to be our pipelines for future talents, right? Especially. Mm. So, so we trying to provide these very rigid guidelines for our hiring teams to make sure that they give them proper work to do. And for graduate programs, um, they have to go through two years rotation. So essentially we picked only six graduate trainees every year. So it's competitive. And, yeah, and there were amount at least 600 to 800 applications oh, wow. every year. So even this year, we couldn't actually physically visit the uh, universities for career talk and career fair, but we do a lot of virtual talks, virtual career fair from Hong Kong, even in London. So we still got about 600 applications and and they will have to go through different rounds of like online tests, group interviews, uh, individual interviews, assessment day, right? So that's why the process lasts until six months. And at the end of the day, they will go through these two years rotation. And then presumably they will be from uh, buying side, merchandising, uh, marketing, sort of like PR, branding, sales, retail, uh, online, e-commerce, customer experiences, customer relationship, these kind of areas to rotate, more commercial business focus. And then on the second year, they will be focusing on what they picked. Let's mm. say if they're very focused as a buying, yep. so they will stick for a whole year in the buying team. But within the buying team, you also got in women's wear, men's wear, lifestyles, and different kind of like cosmetic bits and on and on, right? So they will be rotating within the very focused division instead of like a broader, broader sense. And for retail side, obviously you get to rotate within these like sales ops, like stylists, like concierge, sales, obviously. So different divisions will give you different ideas of that very specific skill sets that you need picked up for your sort of preparation of your graduation after two years. So after the two years, you will have a chance if you're very performing each of the sort of rotations, right? You will have a chance to fast track your career to be sort of like a senior executive gray in a way, oh. like a supervisor gray. Yep. So just below assistant manager in a way. So comparatively, if any fresh graduates, if they have to go through a normal career progressment, they would, it would take easily three to five years. I'll say five years at least. Mm -hmm. So for these uh, GLPs, right, graduate trainees, within like after two years, they will be able to achieve these kind of like career level. So it's like at least like two, three years fast tracked. And yeah. that's the attractiveness too. And at the same time, you got to shadow the projects with our C-levels, CEO, COO, like CBO, CMO, right? So these opportunity, I would say is way much more important than, you know, just the program itself. So I guess, you know, these are the attractiveness um, and at the same time, we might not have a lot of like competitors with our skill, mm. with what we are offering in the market. So um, a little bit of background, we're also sort of having a very close relationship with the WOF and we have a lot of properties, right? So as I said, the back office, a lot of our retail stores in Hong Kong and China, they're all within our own premises. So 
we can play a lot more than any other retailers or luxurious groups in in Hong Kong and China. So that's the plus side, definitely. And we can, of of course, for this kind of difficult situation, we can have more buffer. What does it take to be one of those six people each year mm. to make it into the training program? Wow, that's very not easy. To <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's very uneasy. Um, okay, a lot of students have been asking me those questions. I. Uh, besides the PLC, right? So that's um, something very generic. You can search online and take a look, right? But I would say it's very much the the culture aspects. As I said, if you work in here, you might have to take a lot of initiations or so. And if you are not okay to talk to different type of culture, background, people, you are having a very difficult time within this company. And especially... During your rotation, you might not have your own space or, or, or desk, right? So you'd be floating around different divisions and people might see you as a passerby, mm-hmm. right? So you are not permanently staying in the division, but they have to teach you something, right? And they, they might not be very willing to give you a lot of like duties, which is too important for you to, to mess it up maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so they, but then... At the same time, if you are those kind of characters that you can show, you can take up a lot of responsibilities. I have the initiations, right? Uh, I don't need you to push me for some work, donkey work. I can take up a project yep. and you can rely on me. I think that that's also some characters that we really want to see from these management training mm. because at the end of the day, we want to train them as a um, successor or a pipeline for our leadership. Yeah. Right, so they they're gonna be if obviously if they can be with us for a certain period of time, they will foresee themselves as a management level within this company, right? Mm-hmm. So if they will have to show this character very initially too when they started with us, I, I think it's fair enough, right? So yeah. So moving a bit off mm-hmm. track, um, more onto your personal experiences, okay. and for people who are mm-hmm. interested in roles in HR. What advice do you have there? Where to start and mm. how can people really improve their skill set, their mm. their competitiveness in okay. the HR industry? Right. Um, I would say back in the days, HR was more kind of like personnel, more like supportive, more like a um, back-end uh, cost center, right? But I think nowadays, HR could be more advisory, could be more consultative. Uh, A child person can be even a money driving and cost saving place because obviously we have a lot of budgets to handle. And and if we have our team, let's say recruitment team, we have our own capabilities to search candidates, to hire from end to end, we can save some and quite a lot of recruitment costs, right? Yep. But we have the volume, right? So we will still use agency to help out too. But we can have these capability when we need in-house, right? So that's one one big thing. And I think as an attitude-wise, you you will have to put away so like I'm an HR person kind of like uh, perspective back in the days. And you should more, I'm not saying you should be a recruiter, but more or less that you should stand together 
with these employees or candidates. Mm-hmm. So they will think that you know you you're not trying to like lowball them or trying to worse off. You know you're trying to give them a better career path, yeah. better opportunity. You're trying to develop them, even though they're executives. You still got room to develop, right?、Mm-hmm. So I think these are the angles that you can pick instead of like I'm a very traditional HR personnel that you you have to listen to what I say. Whatever、yeah. that I say is the formal final decision. I think that's not the case now. It's more like you have to create the synergy with them. You have to work. With your、uh, hiring managers, with your business partners, you have to be very flexible and sort of like、um, even vigilant yourself、um, to see you. You might be a gatekeeper, right, as a HR person. Yeah. But at the same time, you can also be a little bit more proactive by telling them the market is like this at the moment. You can take different approaches.、Um, HR can also be a lot digital. So myself,、mm. I'm also managing a lot of like social medias for HR perspective.、Mm. So per se, the LinkedIn page for LinkedIn and group is also managed by myself, and and we have lots of like video productions. We have lots of like、um, sort of like interviews, photo shootings, sessions going on. So HR can also be creative. A lot of my HR counterparts, let's say they're from L and D team, even they produce their own videos.、Mm. So they they. Do their own animations. So I guess these days you can do your own animation and videos within your phone, right? So、yeah. I guess the technology is really helping everybody trying to do their job a little bit more better and fancier. But it's really depending if you are willing to pick it up, right? So so the skills and the tech is there, but obviously you need the management or they have this flexibility to adopt this new technology for HR people, right? And I think we do that. We do a lot of like、um, new innovation things coming in. We have an innovation department within our group, and then what they do is to just introduce any new things in the market and ask those people to come in, give a talk, give a sort of give an advice of what they've been done, what's the new things, and if we can adopt it, right? So we try、mm-hmm. always trying to catch up、uh, what the market is offering, and as to say. To fit in the consumer buying behavior and on and on and on. So, so I guess these are very important. I guess the innovation team is really living out the diversity that you mentioned, yeah, yeah, yeah. different perspectives. I know we discussed previously about、um, how to stick out as a candidate, especially、mm. for students. But what about students? Not only for HR when they're looking for jobs, what、mm. should they be looking for in a company to join? Okay, I'd say Lane Crawford is a very multicultural, right? It's very flexible culture. At the same time, we value different angles. That's the best part of it, right? So let's say you were from a different culture background and you want to voice out something, right? A lot of traditional company they might not like these ideas. There are different hierarchies, right? But、mm-hmm. for us, as long as you are willing to pick up and you're willing to be the one to drive, people can see. Right, so so it's very it's more or less like if you're willing to do it, you are the one that will reckon being recognized. But at the same time, if you cannot do your job, everyone can see too. So I guess that's like a culture. A lot of people might need to to have a little bit of like adjustments. Yeah. But once you've been able to adjust, 
would say this company will have a lot of like space for you to develop at the same time to explore your ideas and mm. what you really want to do, which other companies might have a lot of hierarchies to get approval. Yeah. You will have to go through a lot of regional uh, headquarters and mm. you like probably spend months to get back to you if you can do it or not, right? Yeah. For, for here, because we're Hong Kong headquarters, right? And if you have some very bright idea, and if you get approved from the management, which is, I would say, only a few hierarchies up. Yep. And you got the green lights and you can go implement. So I guess you're trying to say, you know, look at the company culture, look at yeah. the hierarchy, look at how much ownership and how much yep. people value your yep. opinion in the company. But for fresh grad students, mm -hmm. when they're entering for different companies, mm -hmm. it's hard to really get an insight into what the hierarchy is like. I mean, of course, if it's a traditional right. company, then you can think, okay, yes, there's a hierarchy. Yep. But how do you gauge during the interview mm -hmm. from the interviewer? Oh. Like, say okay. you're interviewing me. How right. can I get more information about what the company is like, what the culture hierarchy is like? Okay. I would say, let's say your platform, Happier, right? It's one of the platforms that can show a lot of, like, sort of culture, so how it feels to work in the company. Obviously, you can come to our career website, right? But then mm. we might not be telling a lot. You can just go online and search a lot of different social medias, videos to see, to grab an idea. Um, a lot of people will ask amount, because this company has been in Hong Kong for about 170 years, right? Yep. So there are a lot of people having different opinions. And, and some of them might be very excited to join a company sometimes people might refer to as quite multicultural, some infamous uh, political issues, right? But then I would very much assume if the fresh graduates trying to get these informations and, and especially if they go online and search, they, they might not get the full picture, right? So it's more or less the, a little bit of comments from bits by bits. So what the best way to do is, I think they should sort of like, um, because we we're open as a like we've got phone numbers we got like public emails and mm -hmm. we've been in contact with all the universities in Hong Kong with the career centers they can actually ask if they can contact us directly so have a chat coffee yep. with somebody yep. get some yep. yeah I yep. think that's cool because yep. we we don't mind and instead of us because we're going to the uni to have career talks anyways mm. if they want to come in to visit. Because a lot of the uni, they will arrange these like company visits. Yeah. Of course, not during this year, right? Or maybe this difficult time. But previous years, they will have like possibly 20 students from a uni with a certain departments that they, let's say they're very interested in, in buying. Mm -hmm. And they're studying uh, textile and these kind of like business industries with PolyU. They will gather uh, time and is come to visit. And then we will like, introduce, we'll like come into here, we'll have a brief talk. And then we'll bring them to walk around. So they will have a physical, actual idea and feeling how it works to be with Lane Profit. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we'll tell them more on, yep. you know, just like now, right? More in depth of what we want, how mm -hmm. they can tackle during the interview or stand out when they applied with a just black and white CV, right? Yep. So a, a lot of the students really took the initiations to, to make contact with us. And we re remember them. So yeah. it was like, we remember the CV, we remember their faces, mm -hmm. right? So when they 
actually comes to apply with interns, let's say, or graduate programs would be slightly better. That's for sure. So being proactive definitely pays yep. off yep. and reaching out. Yep. Um, speaking of getting more information, where can the audience connect mm. more with you, with Lane Crawford, learn more about the different initiatives? Obviously, we're open. As, as I said, there's an email you can send to. Right? It's called careers at lanecrawford.com. So mm. C-R-E-R-S, so with S. But then I, I would say very much like we have all the social media. So, so we have LinkedIn, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, with Instagram. We also got WeChat these days, right? So yeah. I would say stay connect with our social media is one of the biggest way to get the latest information from Lane Crawford. And, and obviously we have lots of, lots of like things happening in China. So, um, there, there might, there might be a lot of like, I'll say more simplified Chinese way of communications coming into Hong Kong yeah. on, on, because our, our focus, to be very honest with you, we switched like even 90% of the market to China this mm -hmm. year. So that being said that, cause we're Hong Kong headquarters and We've been here for so long in Hong Kong, we already got four mega store too. So it's quite saturated in this market. And as I said, China, we only also got four mega stores. So with such a big place and plateau, I think we can tap into different um, provinces and cities. So as we having very close relationship with the Wolf and the property side, so once they have these uh, mega mall or property development in China and different provinces, mm -hmm. our groups and all our brands will be going into these uh, cities and their mega malls to attract different brands to come in to that province or cities yep. to to grow that that little city to become another tier. So that's what we will try to do and explore in the China region. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, Hong Kong is still our headquarter still our focus. We'll also have our linkcrawford.com, which is e-commerce to tackle for the world, for international mm -hmm. space, but for physical environment, for stores, for expansions, that will be uh, China focus. Seems like you guys have your all your channels covered. Yeah, in a way, yes, totally. Yeah. <laughs> from eight to from eight to 80 years old. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for your time today, Bernard. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thank you.